This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. This was a young donkey no one ever sat on before, never been broken. Naturally, the young donkey would be nervous, so it needed its mother, so the, the, other, the mother was brought along. But this was something new. This was a new donkey, because this is all very symbolic, because this is gonna be a new king coming into Jerusalem, not like the past rulers, so we need a new donkey that we needed for that. This is gonna be a new time for Jerusalem, a new time for Jerusalem, not like the past. So we need a new donkey. And we're told that when they did this, that this was a fulfillment of prophecy in uh, verse four and five, verse four and five. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass and a colt, the foal of an ass. So Actually, the prophecy that's referred to here is really a combination of two prophecies. It's two prophecies. This entrance into Jerusalem that's referred to here is two prophecies, one in Isaiah and another one in Zechariah. So the first part, the first part where it says, tell ye the daughter of Zion, tell ye the daughter of Zion, that's a fulfillment of Isaiah 62.11. Isaiah 62.11, which says, Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the world, say ye to the daughter of Zion, behold, thy salvation cometh, behold, his reward is with him and his work before him, and they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and thou shalt be called sought out, a city not forsaken. So this is a proclamation, as we're told here in Isaiah 62, it's a proclamation to what's called the end of the world. In other words, this is a proclamation to every tribe, tongue, and nation, to the whole vast world This is a, that they should know, the whole world should know that an announcement is being made in Jerusalem, say to the daughter of Zion, 
and the announcement is, thy salvation cometh. That's Isaiah 62, 11. Behold, thy salvation cometh, which means that what's being said here is that the whole world should care. The whole world should focus on, the whole world should be occupied with what happens in this city of Jerusalem and the announcement that's being made to the Jewish people, to the daughter of Zion. Because the announcement that salvation is coming to the Jewish people affects the whole world. It affects the whole world. Because after this announcement that salvation is coming to the Jewish people, then it goes to the whole world, as it says in, in Romans 1.16. Romans 1.16, which says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, to the Jew first and also to the rest of the world. So in Isaiah 62.11, the entrance of Jesus into the city is called thy salvation cometh. In Isaiah 62, 11, thy salvation. The Hebrew word for salvation is yeshak, which has the same root word as Yeshua, So, for the, which is the Hebrew word for Jesus. So in other words, thy salvation cometh is essentially saying the same as your Jesus comes, is coming. He's not called the salvation comes, he's called your salvation comes, thy salvation cometh because he's sent to the Jews. He as a Jew is sent to the Jews, and that's why Israel one day, not today, but in the future, the words of Isaiah 9-6, which we love during Christmas time. We love this verse, Isaiah 9-6 during Christmas time, but actually, this is a prophetic verse where the people speaking are Jews, and Jews do not say this today, but they will one day say, Isaiah 9-6, Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So thy, that's why it says thy salvation come. It's your Jesus. It's your unto us the child is born. It's your unto us the son is given. So Jesus is the salvation of the Jewish people. Jesus is the salvation sent to the Jewish people. And this verse in Isaiah 62, 11 is saying that also, not only is he your salvation coming when he enters into the city, but it also said his reward is with him. His reward is with him. And actually it says the reward is before his face, penaim. It's before his face, literally. So in other words, what is the reward of the Savior? It's eternal life. That's the reward. It's living forever. And the reward of eternal life is before his face. In other words, it has to be gotten by coming to the face of Jesus. That's why he said in John 14, 6, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He might as well have said, you have to come to my face. You have to come to my face. You can't turn your back on me and say, just put the eternal life in my hand and I'll just walk away. You can't do that. You have to come to my face. That's why he also said, you will not come to me that you might have life. He might as well have said, you will not come to my face that you might have life because there is just no eternal life apart from him. No man comes to the Father but by him. So that's the first prophecy that's referred to here in Isaiah 62, 11, when it says, say ye to the daughter of Jerusalem. 
as daughter of Zion. The second prophecy is the major one, which is uh, Zechariah 9.9, Zechariah 9.9, which says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He's just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, upon a colt, the foal of an ass. So this verse, again, says that King Jesus has salvation, that's a reward. He has salvation and it's emphasizing here and the humility of him, the lowliness of Jesus. He doesn't come into the city in a big white stallion, but he comes in on a donkey. It's not even a full grown donkey, it's a young donkey, a colt, because James 4, 6, it's just who God is. James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And so that's why it says in, in verse five, verse five, Thy king cometh unto thee meek. He's meek. He's lowly. He could have come, as you stated in another place, riding in Psalm 1810. Psalm 1810, he rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. But he could have come like that. He could have come riding on a, a cherub, or, but he didn't. He didn't. He came on a young donkey because, why? Because he's Emmanuel. He is God with us. And God with us comes in great humility. Great humility, and so he comes. Now actually, there's another scripture which is fulfilled here, I mean a prophecy, another prophecy, and it's a prophecy that Jacob gave on his deathbed. Jacob only had so much breath when he was dying. He only had so many words when he was dying, and God kept him alive as he went through his sons one by one and gave their individual prophecies. And when he came to Judah, and he spoke about how the Messiah was gonna come through Judah, that the scepter shall not depart from Judah until Shiloh, until the Messiah come. When he came to Judah, he said something interesting about Judah in Genesis 49, 11. Genesis 49, 11, he said that Judah would be binding his ass's colt unto the choice vine, the choice vine. Jesus is the choice vine. He said about himself in John 15, 1, John 15, 1, he said, I am the true vine. He is the choice vine. We're branches. We can do nothing without the vine. He says, I am the true vine. And so just before Jacob dies, he says to Judah that the choice vine would be bound to an ass's colt. And here he is. He's sitting on the colt of a donkey, fulfilling Jacob's last word prophecies. Now, the disciples go and do as they're commanded. They go and they do as they're commanded, and obviously they're being watched. The whole thing is being watched, and so it says in, in verse eight that there's a, quite a big crowd that gathers in verse eight. A very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. So this very great crowd, it says they took off their garments and they just put them down on the ground. I mean, that was the practice for welcoming king and welcoming king. It was to spread garments that the king, like a carpet, you know, that the king would walk on. It was also symbolic of submitting to the king. So this crowd now, if we kind of picture this, they're forming a procession as they're going into Jerusalem. And there's two distinct parts of this crowd. There is one part of the crowd that's in front of Jesus, and there is another part that's behind Jesus on the young donkey. So he's right in the middle, and we have two parts of these crowds here. That's what it says in verse nine. Verse nine says, the multitude that went before and that followed, two parts, cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. So one part 
one part of this crowd begins to shout. And the shout is, Hosanna to the son of David. It's really something. I mean, the day starts out in Jerusalem, starts off with just another day. But what happened on that day was what the world had been waiting for for thousands of years. And this word that they said, Hosanna, is actually two Hebrew words, Hoshia, Hoshia, which means to save, and Na, which means now. So Hosanna, Hoshiana means to save now. And it comes from Psalm 118. Psalm 118. Psalm 118.25 has this in it. Hoshiana, save now. Psalm 118.25. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. So the next cry, another cry that's going out, was another thing that the crowd shouted, which was, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. We've seen this before at his birth. Hosanna in the highest. So the crowd is now shouting also in verse nine, Hosanna in the highest. And by saying that in the highest, they're referring to heaven. They're referring to heaven. So the idea here is that God in heaven should save us now. God in heaven. In other words, Hosanna or save now in the highest, as in may God send us salvation from heaven. Hosanna, or save now in the highest, as in may God's salvation come down from heaven. And Hosanna, or save now in the highest, as in may our salvation be shouted in heaven, as we're shouting it down here. And now we can understand when we see this that what's happening between these two distinct groups, the one in the front and the one in the back. But now we get a real clear picture of this in verse nine when it says, the multitude that went before them and that followed cried saying, Hosanna. So we got the two groups in there and it seems like it may be a, like a song or that's being sung by two groups. Maybe the group in front is shouting out, Hosanna to the son of David. And maybe the group behind responds responds, they then respond by saying, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And then the group in the front says, Hosanna in the highest. And the group behind says, Hosanna to the son of David. So we can see this back and forth between the first group and the second group. They're just so happy. They're crying back and forth and their garments are being cast down as, as a carpet for King Jesus. And so now with all of this, we're seeing the first group in the front, we're seeing the second group behind and all the garments going out. And now we got a question in our mind. And the question is, what about Jesus? What is he doing? What is he doing at this time? He's approaching the city of Jerusalem. Is he smiling? We wanna know, is he smiling? Is he waving to the crowds as he's going by? Is he blessing them? But what is he doing? What he's doing is described for us in Luke 19.41, we just saw this verse, Luke 19.41. When he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. He wept over it. So all this rejoicing is going on, the crying back and forth, and Jesus is crying. He's on the donkey crying. He's crying on that donkey. Why? Because he sees the unnecessary judgment that's going to happen to Jerusalem. He's full of sadness because he sees that they don't know the time of their visitation. They don't know the opportunity. And so as he's coming there, the feelings that are welling up within his heart that's causing tears to run down his face 
are the feelings that he expressed in Luke 13, 34, Luke 13, 40, 34, when he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets, stonest them that are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and you would not. So this is really a scene here of the, the people are all excited. Jesus is crying, and there just seems to be this contagious excitement which is going on, and now Jerusalem wakes up, wakes up in, in verse 10, in verse, in verse 10, when it says, when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, who is this? So we can see windows opening and doors coming open and people stopping work, and they wanna know what's going on, what's all the commotion about, and, and who is this person on this donkey in the middle of this group, and the city of Jerusalem is disrupted, and they just really have one question, who is this? Who is this? It seems like no one in Jerusalem knows who this person is, and the people of Jerusalem shout out their question, and the answer comes back in verse 11, verse 11, the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. So the crowd around Jesus is crying out, Jesus is the son of David, he is the Messiah, certain of Mark, but Jerusalem never says, oh, this is Jesus the Messiah. I don't know say, Jerusalem's not saying that, just some of the crowd are saying that, but Jerusalem's not saying, instead, instead the city of Jerusalem, they like that, they like that. Oh, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. For Jerusalem, Galilee was like Tijuana is to Mexico City. It's the despised place. And Nazareth, oh, you couldn't get lower than Nazareth. Nazareth is at the bottom of the despised Galilee. So for Jerusalem to call Jesus the prophet of Nazareth in Galilee was a form of calling him despised, just like it says in Isaiah 53.3, Isaiah 53.3. He's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. So they didn't just call Jesus a prophet, they called him the prophet, the prophet, as if to say, oh, you know, he's that prophet that we've all heard about, you know, the one from Galilee, the one from Nazareth. So he approaches Jerusalem, as he does, a great contrast are beginning to be set up. Contrasts that are all about the now and the later, the now and the later. Now he approaches Jerusalem, he is leaving the Mount of Olives, where it is coming from, as he goes into Jerusalem, he's leaving the Mount of Olives as a king into the city of the great king. Later, he's gonna be on the same Mount of Olives and he's going to leave that as a criminal with his hands tied, brought out into a place called Golgotha, a place of death. From king to criminal, what a contrast. Now, he's surrounded by friends and followers. Later, he's gonna be surrounded by enemies and executioners. From friends to enemies, what a contrast. Now, his disciples, his followers are clinging to him. His disciples are clinging to him, they're following him. Later, his disciples are gonna forsake him, they're gonna run away. What a contrast, from clinging to forsaking. Now, the shout is, Hosanna, save now, son of David. Later, the shout is gonna be, crucify him, crucify him. What a contrast from Hosanna to crucify. Now the garments are being given off people's back for a, make a carpet. Later, 
His garments are going to be stripped. He's going to be stripped naked, and his garments are going to be gambled in front of him on the cross. What a contrast. Garments given, garments stripped. Now he walks on palm branches, palm branches, probably flowers also. Later, a crown of thorns to be pressed into his skull, from palms to thorns. What a contrast. Now he rides into Jerusalem on an animal. Later, he's going to be forced to carry. He won't be riding on anything. He will be the one carrying on his shoulders the cross. What a, what a contrast. What a contrast. Now, it's Zechariah's chapter 9 prophecy that's being fulfilled. Later, it's going to be Isaiah chapter 53, the prophecy of him being despised and rejected. What a contrast. Now he's hailed as Messiah. Then he's going to be hailed as, as a criminal. So all of these contrasts, are in his mind, he sees it all. All of these contrasts are in his mind. He has a clear view. People don't know, but he knows, and he sees it all. And as he sees all this, these terrifying contrasts, he stays rock solid. This is the thing about him. He stays rock solid. He's not carried away with the excitement of the now. He's actually brokenhearted. And he's not crushed with the depression of the later. He just is a stable rock, and he knows he's got a great work to do, just like it says in Nehemiah, I have a work to do, I can't come down. And he's gonna do that work, he's gonna do that work, he's gonna make that atoning sacrifice, the work of the atonement, he's gonna do it, nothing's gonna push him off. He steadies himself through these waves of excitement of the now, he steadies himself from those waves of depression in the later, because for him, he's just got one focus and he's so eagle-eyed on that one focus, and that focus is John 9, 4. I must work the works of him that sent me while it's day. The night comes when no man can work. And so this is the answer. So the answer to the question, the answer to the question of verse 10, the question of verse 10, who is this? Who is this? And the answer is, this is Jesus. This is the great king of the Jews, who as a Jew will make the greatest contribution to the world when later he will die for the sins of the world. This is Jesus, this is his city, Jerusalem. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that he has prepared for with all of his foresight, he's prepared for it. This is the day that he has longed for with a great desire. This is the day that he's going to bring redemption to Israel and to the world. This is the day of his decision, his decision to go to death so that he can conquer death. This is the day when the Prince of Peace well, really, is coming to the city of peace. Jerusalem means city of peace. Because he's the prince of peace, because this is the day when it's all gonna come about. Romans 5.1, Romans 5.1 is gonna become a reality. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So as King Jesus now comes into his city of Jerusalem as a king, and the king comes in, and naturally, the first place the king would go when he goes to his city is his throne. Where's my throne? That's where he would go to his throne. King Jesus is coming into a city. Where's the throne that King Jesus is gonna sit on? He's gonna sit on the best throne, the best throne. The best throne is the throne of the heart of his followers. That's his throne. He takes his seat on the throne of our hearts. And our role is to say to Jesus, come King Jesus, I made a throne for you. I made a throne for you to sit on, the throne of my heart, just like the child's song says, into my heart, into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. King Jesus, we do thank you so much being so unwavering 
and going, going all the way. We just can't even bear to think what we would be like now if you had just said, it's too much, I'm sorry, I'm leaving you. Thank you for not doing that in Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.